Welcome to Tech Talk. Bye. CDT. Welcome to CDT's Tech Talk, where we dish on tech and internet policy while also explaining what these policies mean to our daily lives. I'm Brian Wazolowski, and it's time to talk tech. Are all of you using a VPN to mask your internet browsing and protect your privacy? My hunch is that our tech-savvy listeners are all about using a VPN, but of course, not all VPNs are created equal. CDT has launched a new initiative aimed at helping internet users better assess the trustworthiness of VPNs, and a number of VPN providers were active partners in this process, which is awesome. Our data and privacy mensch, Joe Jerome, joins us to talk about this effort and what makes for a trustworthy VPN. Welcome, Joe. Hey, Brian. Always good to be on the show. You are one of my favorite guests. So you've obviously been on the show before and talked about VPNs, but for those who may have missed an episode, shame on them, what exactly is a VPN? What does it do? Well, first, we got to say what the acronym means. A yep. VPN is a virtual private network. Yes. Uh, so... In short, they are a tool that disguises your actual network IP address. So that's basically your digital address online. And it encrypts your internet traffic between your computer or really, you know, your phone or any networked smart device. That's why these things can be so useful in the future. And so they encrypt that, the traffic between that device and the VPN server. Um, A a way to, to think about it is that a VPN acts as a sort of tunnel for your internet traffic that pre- prevents outsiders from mod- for, from either monitoring or frankly modifying that traffic. Cool. Um, yeah. So why would someone use a VPN? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so part of the issue is uh, there's a lot of unsecured Wi-Fi out there. Everybody, we're, I mean, that's the thing. We're connecting all sorts of devices. We want to be online all of the time. And if you're connecting to unsecured networks, anyone can see that traffic. Mm. Um, so the the great example, or I think the, the best use case for using a VPN, is you're at an airport, you're at a hotel, you're at a coffee shop, and you're just quickly clicking on to get onto the first Wi-Fi network you can to access the internet. I mean, I just did this when I was traveling abroad. Oh, what can I, I, I need to access my Google Maps. I need, I need Wi-Fi. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sadly. Uh, <laughs> so you are trying to get online. Now, you're, you access the internet, if it's not secured, um, Anyone can uh, anyone can see that traffic. Um, you know, it can be you know the evil sort of malicious hacker sitting in the corner. Uh, but beyond that, uh, it can also be the ISP, the Internet Service Provider. So when you are connecting to unsecured Wi-Fi, the coffee house could see that traffic. The mm-hmm. hotel could see that traffic. Um, if you think you know larger ISPs like the you know the Comcasts and uh, and, and Charters and Verizons of the world. They can see your traffic. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you know CDT, CDT did a lot of work over the past few years on broadband privacy rules. And when those were rolled back uh, a year ago, um, one of the big tools or one of the big ways to protect yourselves from all this traffic being made available was to get a VPN um, because a VPN makes it harder for the ISP to see that information. Um, you go further beyond an ISP, uh, VPNs are also a tool to sort of cut back on, on, on potential government surveillance of your traffic. Now, um, 
they're not bulletproof there. Sure. Um, you know, defeating the NSA is no easy task. Um, but, you know, they are another way to, st- again, stop people from seeing your traffic. Yeah, when I think of VPNs, I often think of like dissidents, people in countries with censorship, journalists trying to communicate with different sources, kind of more vulnerable or people with higher risk models. Right. And I think that's one of the real challenges with virtual private networks. Um, People are using them for a whole host of different reasons. And and you've nailed one perfectly right there. Um, There are people in really bad spots that are using VPNs. Um, You know, the issue here is, and this is just candid privacy and security advice, you don't just want to be using a VPN. Um, a VPN is not going to be magically solving your situation if sure. you're in a bad part of the world. That said, they are a really important tool. Um, plenty right. of, and a lot of the, the VPNs that we work with are, are pretty engaged in trying to uh, you know, evade censorship issues and monitoring in countries like China. Um, it's one of the reasons why you look at a lot of like repressive regimes, including China, including Russia, have tried to take steps to block people's access Absolutely. to Absolutely. We've seen a lot of that in the different app stores and downloads. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about trustworthiness in VPNs. That's what your whole initiative is about. Yep. How did this effort come about? Who's involved in it? Who are the, the VPN providers that you engaged? So this is a, I think it's a multi-part answer to your question here. Um, I asked a multi-part question, so there you go. (laughs) So part of it was, um, listeners might be aware that we we filed a complaint against a VPN last year uh, with the Federal Trade Commission. Um, Basically, again, picking up on what happened after the broadband privacy rules, you've had a lot of VPNs say, protect your privacy, uh, protect your privacy from the ISPs, from the the, the government, uh, you know, spooks, from everybody. I mean, there's commercials for VPNs now. I know, Um, it's crazy, huh? Very exciting. Yeah, Um, it's like a nerdy moment for everyone. I I love it. You love it. I think it's sort of sad. Um, (laughs) But uh, in any event, it's become a thing that people are now asking about. Well, I want to use a VPN. And the problem is there's a lot of them. Go to an app store right now and type in a VPN. You're going to get probably, you know, a lot of ad supported VPNs, a lot of VPNs that are really from people you've never heard of. Um, When we were first looking at this last year, uh, a lot of just frankly random Chinese-operated VPNs were some of the first things that would pop up in the Apple App Store when you search for a VPN. Um, raises a real trust issue. Uh, and then there was a lot. There's been a lot of research that have, has highlighted um, security problems, privacy problems with these VPNs. Uh, and then there's sort of the fact that again, they're exploding in terms of the fact that everybody's got a VPN right now. Um, Facebook has a VPN. It's called Anavo. Um, Verizon, Verizon, which is collecting some of your data, is also offering a VPN to protect some of your data. You know, even Pornhub is offering a VPN. So there's just a lot of a lot of VPNs. Right. Yeah. No, I did exactly what you just did. I searched on my phone and looked at VPN, and you can scroll forever on the phone. Um, and there are so many companies. There's one Yoga VPN. Yeah, there's so well, sounds many good. That Which I've one do you want to download, Brian? I mean, I'd like <laughs> yoga. Or I'd like to think I like yoga. But yeah, no, there's a lot. So your point, very well taken. So you know, basically, there's a just a, a lack of trust. I here's the issue. We are keep we keep telling people protect your privacy and security. Use a VPN. The follow-up question is, what VPN? Nobody can really answer this question. And, and so that's something we've tried to work with a little bit here. Um, other, other organizations have done things like this. Uh, shout out to you know, that one privacy site, which has been doing VPN reviews for a cool. long, long time. Um, but uh, you know, I want to give credit to, to Frederick Stromberg at Molvad, who was very candid but saying that our industry lacks trust. And getting from, which is actually, frankly, sort of ironic, since a lot of the people who are using VPNs just don't trust a lot of things. Right. But you still have to trust the service. Uh, 
But, you know, his idea was we really need to come up with some sort of mechanism that could be signals of trust. And that's what we have launched here. It's a signals of trustworthy VPNs. Um, you know, none of these things by themselves suggest that one VPN is better or worse than the other, but they are things that VPNs should be saying and doing to signal that they care about building user trust. So we worked with, again, Mulvad, but also Viper VPN, iVPN, TunnelBear, and ExpressVPN. Uh, to sort of hammer out what types of signals of trust they ought to be trying to communicate to their users or other people who are just interested in their product. That's very cool. All right, so let's go through these signals. Um, All right. Because the way you did it, right, is you kind of asked a series of questions, had kind of top-level things, uh, three top-level, corporate accountability, data logging practices, and good security practices. Take me through what you want to see in terms of corporate accountability and why it matters. So... Corporate accountability is fascinating from my personal perspective because I, I, I came at VPNs thinking, how do we improve their security, probably number one, but also privacy, which means what they're actually using and collecting and doing with data. Um, but one of the real issues here, again, is the fact that you, when, I, when I mean corporate accountability, it's very hard to know what's going on with a lot of these. Again, you just point out Yoga VPN. Who's behind Yoga VPN? I don't know. No idea. Um, and so really what we were trying to, this was, again, sort of surprising. We need a lot more transparency into who's running the show. Um, like, uh, are there actual like people behind this <laughs> VPN? Um, that, that's that's not nothing in this space because you, you sort of, it's sort of helpful to have a name, someone you can go look at, like, do a quick Google search, see if they've actually know what they're talking about when it comes to security. Um, are they engaged on LinkedIn? Just like, do they have a, a physical presence? Yeah. Um, also, how does the VPN make money? Um, let's be clear here. Uh, VPNs cost money to operate, and yet yeah. when you've got a whole host of these free VPNs, well, you know, if you're not paying for it, what's going on here? You're probably the product. Um, which is kind of the exact opposite of what you're in. a lot of people are using VPNs for. They kind of exactly. don't want to be identified and don't want to be the product. Exactly, right? You're yeah. trying to get away from your ISP, but if you know the data that would be going to your ISP is now going to your VPN, I, have you really protected yourself in any sure. meaningful Good way? Point. Um, so, you know, really, we think it's really important for VPNs to be clear about how they're making money. And the question gets at this, and we'd like to see VPNs explain what their business model is, what their, you know, what their revenue stream is. And then frankly, you know, moving forward, not just say, you know, we get 100, 75% of our money from consumer subscriptions or something like that. Yeah. Actually sort of crack open their books and prove it, uh, which is definitely something you can do. Um, doesn't require a sort of security audit, requires a basic, hey, you know, I think about CET, we put our financials up online, you know where we're getting our money. Um, similarly, VPNs yay can do that. Yay, yay transparency. Yeah. And so, you know, we'd love to see VPNs in the future sort of put their money where their mouth is. If really where they're making their money is from subscriptions and high quality privacy and security services, prove it. Cool. All right, so the next one, data logging practices. I mean, you kind of alluded to this a little bit. Obviously, to run a VPN, you've got to be, you've got a lot of data coming through you. Right, uh, and I guess I've always been saying that the data logging is the, the third rail of VPN politics um, because here, here's the issue. Uh, there's no standard definition of what it means to log data from a VPN. Mm. Um, 
we sort of detail this in a, a explanation, and, and certainly if you do a quick What's search. What's a explanation? Uh, explanation. Good, good, Brian. Yeah, is uh, is a sort of a I guess I want to say a Tech Primer 101 series that's been kicked off by uh, our our great colleague Stan. Available at cdt.org. Oh man, there you it finished is. it for yeah, me. Drop the website in there. Good job. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, but uh, really, you know. Logging boils down to you're, you're, you're either logging sort of activity. So this is basically getting all of the URLs, where, what, webs- what you're doing on each website. All the information could, can be seen by ISPs, and as a result, it can also, could also be seen by uh, VPNs. So there's, there's usage, lo- usage or activity logs, and then connection logs. And connection logs are, you know, again, collecting IP addresses, time stamps, sure. so when you logged on, when you logged off. Uh, you know, this is all, again, sort of, generalized understanding of what logging means. Um, people use logging in very, very different ways. And, you know, there's all sorts of evidence, um, again, VPNs who say that we don't do any logging whatsoever. And then invariably some sort of information is revealed to, is, is certainly of interest to law enforcement and has been used sure. to solve crimes. There's examples Well, of I was going to ask that. I mean, this sounds like as you go through this sort of data, this is very sensitive data for a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, and would be incredibly useful, I would think, to some governments uh, and law enforcement. Do they... Can they have access to this? What's the process with VPNs and access to it? Uh, well, again, it depends on what the VPN says their process is. Ah. And that gets at another one of the questions that we were getting at. Um, you know, it was, what do you have clear process for law enforcement access to your information? And, and not just law enforcement, public access. Um, you know, if some other regulator comes calling or, frankly, if, you know, you get dragged into a lawsuit. Um, frankly, any responsible, mature company at this point should have a clear process process when sure. somebody comes knocking and says give me the data uh, with VPNs we think not only you should have an internal process you should probably be public with your users about what exactly that process is um, so they know what they're getting into um, another thing that we've sort of pushed is transparency reporting which is you know a long-standing practice that a lot of tech companies use to sort of show how often they get requests for information. Um, we've been encouraging VPNs to do that. Uh, and so, you know, that's another one of the, the, the signals of trust we'd like to see. Um, you know, clear policies in place for when you fork over data. And a lot of these VPNs will say that they don't fork over data. Um, and sometimes, you know, they've been able to prove that. And uh, we think that's a good thing, too. Great. So the last last kind of like pillar that you have of your three pillars here of trustworthiness, good security practices. What do you mean by that? What should VPNs be doing when it comes to securing that data that they they do have? Ooh, um, Ooh loaded question. So, no, I you know <laughs> I mean was, it's the one you asked. Yeah, <laughs> so I, to all the listeners, I I am a luddite lawyer. Okay, I do understand security. I rely very heavily on our, our expert technologists here. Security is really tough, and I think yeah. security with VPNs is incredibly difficult. Um, they, again, are selling a product that is about boosting your security. And so they make a lot of promises about the levels of encryption they're offering, um, the protocols they're using, the caliber of their services. The fact of the matter is individuals are are not in a position to assess that. Um, You know, to be perfectly honest, it's actually one of the drawbacks of these signals of trustworthy VPNs. We're asking them to sort of disclose their security practices. But at the end of the day, uh, I think users still need a lot more uh, education and VPNs need to be far more clear about exactly what they're doing. Um, You know, so... You know, some of the things that we think you should look out for and we'd like to see more of are things like independent security audits. Um, 
you know, this is, again, really tough for VPNs to do because it, it costs money and, and time and frankly requires them to develop a relationship with the auditor that could actually, you know, open them up to accusations that they're, you know, in the now pocket What exactly of the would an audit entail? I mean, when you say a security audit, what, what is that? So the... Uh, there's the best example of that so far is one that has been in, done by TunnelBear, which is one of the VPNs we worked with. They engaged cool name. with, yeah, it's great. It's a, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a quite a clever name. Yeah. Um, they uh, so they worked with Cure Fifty Three, which is a, a renowned um, security assessor, independent security assessor. They brought them in over a period of time, gave them complete access to their code, uh, and just sort of said, "Have at it. Try and break our system." Wow. Um, and then, you know, what's really key here is that Cure 53 was then able to sort of report out publicly its findings. You know, we had access to all of this. We were able to do this to TunnelBear systems. Here are the problems we found. Um, that's really useful. I mean, Absolutely. It, and, but of course, you know, it clearly puts, it puts the VPN in a tough spot, right? Because yeah. if, 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 if bad things come out about them, it sort of uh, shines a spotlight on potentially bad security. But we think it's, it, it's absolutely necessary in, in this ecosystem um, for companies to be doing more of this type of stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a tough ask, though. Um, other things that, you know, we are asking for, which echo a lot of our longstanding asks when it comes to better data security are, you know, things like bug bounty programs, mm. vulnerability handling programs. Um, you know, VPNs can have clear processes around this um, and sort of incentivize people to break their systems. I mean, again, when you're offering a security product, I think you want to have as many people as possible sort of trying to break it because otherwise... Good faith efforts to break it and then report it. Right. Otherwise, you know, you're sort of trusting yourself internally to figure out everything that's wrong. And we found over and over again, not just in VPNs, but just in technology generally that you know, doing everything in house isn't going to work. Um, we've also sort of uh, we'd like people we'd like VPNs to be a little bit clearer about what they're talking about when they say they patch their systems. Um, I think again, a lot of VPNs will say they're doing a lot of good things, like we do really quick, fast patching when we find problems. Well, what does does that mean? Yeah. Um, are you doing constant twenty four seven three sixty five monitoring um, when you say quick? quickly applying a patch, what does that mean? And if the patch goes wrong, then what? Um, and then, of course, you know, there's a real issue around uh, actual, frankly, physical security and control over the servers that VPNs are using to route your traffic. You can think of that. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, this, and this is a tough question that doesn't have an easy answer. In fact, we had a really sort of vigorous internal debate about it because, you know, certainly some VPNs, they physically own their servers. So. Sure. You know, they know who they know who, who physically has access to them. If somebody sort of is coming in and like hacking them, or you know, again, physically plugging in, others VPNs are leasing their services and they're using some sort of cloud service provider um, to provide that server service. Uh, server service. Ooh, that's not a that's not a good. I mean, close. It's fine. But we'll keep going. <laughs> but the, but the issue there is, you know, it's a real it's a real trust challenge. Do you trust the VPN that? owns its entire infrastructure, even though a lot of these are very small companies? Or would you prefer a VPN that is using uh, or leasing um, server space from, you know, (laughs) this isn't a good example, but, you know, Amazon, AWS, or Google, basically running their servers through somebody who's currently offering cloud infrastructure. You can make an argument. Yeah, well, you don't course. know. You can make That's an argument one. that Amazon and, and Google are off, could offer better security than anybody. Anything you could actually independently set up. But again, if you're not disclosing that that's who you're using, it's it's one thing to say mm. you're using 
top-notch cloud providers like Amazon or Google, what if you're using some sort of fly-by-night cloud yeah. provider in some part of the world no one's heard of? And as you said, this is such a higher kind of like level of thought that it sounds like you have to be really technical to get. As I think about this, I'm like, well, you could give me all this information, and I'd still be like, well, thanks. Yeah, and, that, and, that, <laughs> and that's and that's a that's a that's a real challenge here. Where yeah. um, and we've really struggled, I think, with this process to provide useful information in a digestible format without overwhelming folks. Um, it, it's tough. I think there's room for everybody to improve. So, you know, if you look at our, our resources, we've provided the unedited answers. From and where can you find these resources? CDT.org. Oh my Ryan. gosh, of course. I, I think it's backslash or is it forward slash issues slash privacy hyphen data that is a lot uh, we'll, we'll make sure it's on our homepage. how's that for the foreseeable future so. hey you know i just want people to be clear where they can go find the resource all right those slashes are really helpful <laughs> um so you can find it on our website do the um vpns that participated can you do they have any this information available on their yes, website and, and, and this is something I, I i hope we can promote in this ecosystem so when we were talking to them and and Frankly, if you go to most VPNs websites, they provide lots of useful resources. Like, what is a VPN? A lot of them do a good job That's of trying useful. to explain what they're doing. They provide FAQs and guidance documents. Um, it can actually sort of be overwhelming. So, uh, you know, one of our longstanding asks to companies in general when they're interested in privacy and security is to try and like put this stuff in one place. Uh, so, all of the providers have basically provided their answers and as well as for some of them other information at a VPN at the VPN's website, so vpn.com slash trust. And we really Sweet. hope that that like sort of picks up across the ecosystem since at least that at least standardizes where people can go to find this information. Yeah. And if you are, which um, we've already gotten some emails today, which is wonderful, even though we just released these yesterday, if you're a VPN provider and you want to be a part of this initiative, go through the process. Who do they reach out to? Is it you, Joe Jerome? It is me. Yeah. Joe Jerome. And what's your email, Joe? Now you you're, at, you're asking me to divulge PII. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll use I'll use my uh, I'll use my my burner CDT email addresses. You can reach me, everyone, at jj at cdt.org. Oh, I didn't even know you had that one. I'm going to use it all the time now. Okay. Um, any last words of VPN wisdom for our listeners? I, I think everyone needs to think about using a VPN. They have very useful utility in some of the examples I talked about at the top of the show. Um, and, you know, looking forward, it's this is going to be an actual useful tool to folks, particularly, again, as we wire more and more things up. Um, I like to think of VPNs as sort of like next generation, that's a bad phrase, but roughly akin to how, what, 10, 20 years ago, we convinced everybody that each year they had to get a subscription to antivirus software. Um, Frankly, we should be giving people subscriptions to VPNs. Hopefully, we're giving people subscriptions to trustworthy VPNs. There we go. Good last plug. All right, Joe. Always a pleasure, and thank you for joining Tech Talk. Au revoir. That's it for this episode of Tech Talk. For the very latest on what CDT is doing on data and privacy issues, which goes way beyond just VPNs and includes our push for national baseline privacy legislation, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or visit cdt.org. I'm Brian Wozolowski. Thanks for listening.